0: You have a man embracing a woman on the cover and you say parental unit. People are going to open that up. They want to know what's going on. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenicast, the weekly podcast dedicated to conversations on faith and culture. We are your hosts. I'm Jeff.
1: What's up? I'm Mona.
2: And I am Alan.
0: Thank you so much for joining us this week. This week, we are going to be talking about humility. More specifically, what is humility and is it an antiquated notion? And then after our conversation, we are going to introduce a new segment called Title Me This. So humility. This is an interesting topic. And we've, we had some conversations off air about how to frame this particular thing. And this is kind of motivated, um, not, solely, but mostly by from Alan, as far as like his experience and, and some of the stuff you want to talk about. So Alan, why don't you go ahead and, and frame this conversation for us?
2: Sure. I think we should start out by defining humility before we talk about whether it's something that's antiquated or something we should pursue or if it has any relevance. Because I think humility means something different to different people. And I know in my own life, humility has had sort of an evolving meaning for me, uh, I look back at some of the ways I looked at humility growing up, and I see them now as very detrimental, very unhealthy, and um, there's sort of a progression out of that. Jeff, you and I talked a lot in the past about spirituality and about ethics, and it always – correct me if I'm wrong, but it always came back down to pride and humility for me. Would you say that that's
0: Oh, yeah, that's all the time. Mm. Even when we weren't talking about that, it came down to pride and humility for me. <laughs> really? <you>. Wait, how? <laughs> well, just because
2: uh, – Well, okay, I'll I'll tell you why, and then maybe we can tell you how. So the why is I had a youth group experience where we were told constantly that the main and only sin in the world is pride, like pride over and against what God wants you to do for your life, pride over and against other people, like don't think too highly of yourself, stuff like that. And so that, that constant rhetoric was in the background of sort of everything we did. And then for someone like me, I mean, for some people, that's maybe a good thing to hear that they need to check their pride or try not to be too selfish or something like that. But for someone who already struggled with um, codependency is probably the best way to describe how I sort of grew up. Someone who struggled with that hearing pride and humility sort of retooled my view of the whole world. So everything I did was either motivated by selfishness and pride or serving other people. And, that's basically why everything came down to that for me. So Jeff and I would be talking in conversation, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's just because you or someone else is prideful, or oh, that's just because of you know my pride." And y- you've seen this before, right? People, uh, Christians, or someone who's spiritual will speak in the public sphere or on Facebook or wherever, and they will detract from what they're saying or be like self-detrimental for all of their their comments. Have you ever seen that before?
1: People? Oh, definitely. Like-
2: yeah, that was me to a T, and I remember in college, in homeless ministry, there was this there was this guy that uh, was kind of show me the ropes on basically would go down and, and feed people in Skid Row, and he was a really good friend. And he told me he saw wh- what I was struggling with, and he said, "Alan, humility is not high thoughts of yourself; it's not low thoughts of yourself; it's no thoughts of yourself." And that really helped me think like not have. These low thoughts of myself that like pushed myself down. But now, looking back at that, that was just sort of a stepping stone to where I am now. I don't think humility is no thoughts of self. I think humility for me now is right thoughts of who
0: I am. Oh. Uh, well, if your definition was still no thoughts of yourself, that would have made much more interesting conversation between the three of us. <laughs> it would have, right? <laughs> because that's pretty
2: bullcrap. Yeah, I bull would have tried anyway, to tear that apart. But I will tell you, it's less bullcrap than where I was at. Because where I was at was in a place of constantly telling myself that I am worth like less, you know, I'm hu- humility in the sense of I'm not choosing to be humble or choosing to live into a humble life. I am worth like less than I think I am sort of thing. And so I've I've moved away from that and maybe we can talk about that a little bit, but humility has been used in the past by people to keep people down um to to hurt people and I've seen that personally. But I would still I still believe that humility when it's done right is very important. And the consequences of not embracing humility as a society or as people are far reaching. And all I have to do is point to what's happening right now (laughs) in the political debates where someone can talk about their penis size and be completely legitimate. Because
1: that's
0: okay. (laughs) Okay. So what what is humility? What is humility
1: though? Wait. what, What is humility? I have a question. Yes, I'm about to like take your nice like red balloon and, and like pop, pop it, it, it with a pin.
2: That's not uh,
1: paternalistic
2: at all. <laughs> hey, Alan, I'm gonna take your balloon. I'm gonna make you drop your ice cream. It's a creepy
1: voice. I'm not being well. Creepy. What you said's a little creepy. Come on, be a contender, <laughs> man. Listen, uh, here's my question. It's not menacing. It's just a, it's just a normal question. Why mm-hmm. do you have to have a word for it and call it humility when actually you're just describing being completely truthful?
2: uh because i think it's more than just being truthful so yeah th- that's a good question it's more than being truthful for me um i define humility in relation to others i kind of know what humility is i don't have a neat one sentence definition but i have examples of what i know as humility i mean my father growing up uh drove in high when well, we were in high school all three of us boys we uh, drove cars to to school and to work. And my dad always opted for the car that wasn't the best. Even though he was the one bringing the money in, even though he had total need for the best car, he would make decisions where he would put the interests of other people above his own. And that like recalls Philippians 2 for me when Paul talks about imitating Christ. He says, "Uh, hu- Doing things in humility means taking other people's interests and regarding them as much or higher than your own, so looking out for other people uh, em- empathy is a big part of humility for me. but humility is also like
0: uh,
2: recognizing that some of the best things in my life are things that I haven't worked for. and I don't know if anyone if everyone can say this because we're not all in the same social locations, but one view of life is that i've I have earned and I've achieved and I've gotten to a place where. I am entitled to certain things and I'm better than other people because of what I've done. Humility is recognizing that life is grace and that some of the best things about life and some of the best things that I have were given to me, not things that I earned. So Jeff, Jeff said off air he was going to talk about humility being something you are. I think that's super interesting because all of my definitions of humility are kind of relative to other people and they're situational. And maybe that's because humility is something that you are and not something that you always do.
0: And that's my problem with this, like defining what humility is, because the example that you give, and again, when I say this, I, I'm not making any judgments sure. on your dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the example you give of your dad giving up, you know, the best cars to to you and your brothers and him taking the, yeah. you know, the least whatever on the surface, you can s- attribute that to humility. But if the reason that he's doing it is because he's constantly scared of disappointing the people around him and like you can't take an outward manifestation of something and then completely define it to what you would say this is humility because then you create this atmosphere of false humility that becomes more control than anything else so i think that's why i say humility has much more to do with who you are i think it's just more of a a self-awareness than anything else i I,
1: I think that's a fair argument yeah i
2: I would say that uh it's impossible to know what motivates this is funny my whole life Whenever I've chosen to do something that's good, there's always somebody who will question your motives, my motives. This is just what I have found, and I think that if I look at like my dad's life, and I know you're saying it's not a criticism of him, it's impossible to know what motivates the actions that someone else has unless you really, I don't know, get to know well, them you, and explore those. You can't those things. know
1: that. That's the thing. It's more like an internal but, conversation with yeah. yourself. But seeing a pattern of somebody,
2: but seeing a pattern of somebody who's willing to defend other people, or uh, like I don't know how to say other than like take the hit for other people. Say you're working on a team and uh, someone has to suffer consequences. You'd be willing to do it. Or uh, you do something for somebody without like them even knowing, basically taking interests of other people and looking at the world through their eyes and doing things um, that place their interests at a higher level in your life than they normally would be, I think is beginning to embrace a humble life. Be, and that that comes seriously from Philippians too. Like but my the whole, normally my would be as woman.
1: problematic in that the normally would be because some of us are socialized to not consider other people, and yes. some of us are socialized yeah. to consider other people too much. So that's why I, I think,
2: think it's a relative. That's why I think it's a relative definition. Yeah. Honestly, and, and, well, the word well, humility it's a relative defi- Well, hold on, it's a relative definition in Philippians too. Anyway, saying like uh, talking about your interests and other people's interests, like even even setting that kind of definition of humility out necessarily makes it a relative definition. So it's going to be different well, for different people.
0: Well, what's the benefit at all of even defining humility for anyone other than yourself?
2: That that's true. Something I've discovered in ministry is that some of the insights I have about spirituality in life and ethics are amazing things when you embrace them for yourself. But when you force them on other people can be horrible. Like, like the, for instance, God being good or things working out in the end or whatever is a wonderful thing if you're suffering. But when you force it on somebody else, it's very oppressive. So I, I wouldn't say to somebody that they just need to be humble or that I have the right to judge them and wh- where their heart is at. But I think as a whole, as human beings, holding up this notion of humility is not antiquated. It actually protects us from some of the more unfortunate aspects of our society. The problem is when we say certain people need to be humble instead of embracing it on the whole. I don't know. The the, the problem is... uh, I disagree. (laughs) The problem is defining humility as like taking away someone's agency or giving your agency up. Humility can't ever be something that holds you down. It's it's not deprecation or self-abnegation. It's self-giving. That's what it has to be seen as because if you if you go the other way, then it's no longer humility, and it's something that's pretty bad
1: yeah so. again i'm I'm still struggling to see why it's why it's relevant today because um yes, we do need to have an answer or um maybe a value or a virtue culturally or religiously okay. for people who for people who take up way too much space in the world mm. and are raving narcissists. Right? More than and that, don't consider I'm going to people-
2: pop your red balloon. All right, <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going to pull a needle on it. There is a show. I don't want to ruin it for everybody. No spoilers. There's a show on criminal justice that's out right now on Netflix. One of the episodes is titled A Profound Lack of Humility. And when you have a jury of people that convict somebody who has been accused of a crime, they're, they're innocent until proven guilty. It is a lack of humility to look at that situation and think I've got it all figured out. I know what is right. I know they're guilty instead of taking the humble approach that would say I know I'm limited. I know the facts are limited. I know this person's innocent till proven guilty and I'm going to be aware of all of those things when I make my decisions or my judgments. And so when we're not when we don't embrace humility, we can destroy other people's lives forever. Because we don't recognize our limitations. Well, no, I, I think aspect. that's fair.
1: I, I just, I think the word for me is so tarnished. The word humility, Baggage. like it makes me cringe. It does. Mm-hmm. Like I've been told to be humble my whole life, and for me, that means mm. like I. In in and I'll I'll tell a story about this in a sec, but like for me, that has meant like be insecure. I have no problem recognizing that we should name our limitations and and be very circumspect and own those things. But I think for me, the word humility doesn't connote that. It connotes like when I think of humility, I think of oppression. I think of all the people who have been be, I know you said that's not supposed to be that, but for me, Mm -hmm. the word still has that connotation. It's all the people who've, you know, either come from humble circumstances, quote unquote humble, because they've not had the same opportunity as other people in life or people who've been told to submit, whether because of their social location, um, or their, their race or their Class or their gender or sexuality, because you know, and I also think that humility is often like for the powerful. You know, it's it can be a tool to reinscribe power. Like if you have a lot of power or wealth or influence, if you're like, oh well, I'm a very meek and humble person. Um, like I'll give you an example. I was I was talking to a friend of mine who works with a bunch of doctors at a very prestigious hospital who have all these amazing degrees, and you know, they'll and and she and I were talking. She's like. Um, oh, well, they'll never take credit. It's not like this other guy that we just met who is um you know, like an agent for street artists and kept talking about himself and how great he was and how he makes things happen. I mean, this guy talked at us for forty five minutes about how great he was. And I'm like, well, yeah, but the doctor at this really prestigious hospital, like it's actually a like a benefit to their career to not take credit and to be super humble. But for this other guy who's talking about himself, like his whole um monetary system is based on fame and 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 prestige as far as him talking himself up so like for him he's acting according to his industry and what's expected of him and what will get him ahead they're both doing what will get them ahead but for the people in a really high position of power humility is actually a tool to keep them in power and to get respect whereas in another part of life it is a detriment so i think it's so contextual that i don't think we can have a even a word for it like what you know. So anyway, I. I so,
2: so you're saying the 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 like personal virtue of humility is illusory because it's, it means so different from one case to the other that you can't even have that kind of virtue that floats above people and people try to ascribe to.
1: Yeah. And I would so offer contextual. I would offer that it's really only a virtue if you get in really high positions of power and you can be like, oh, look at me. I'm so humble. Like, I don't have to brag about what I have.
2: Part of <laughs> me says yes. Part of me says hell no. Part of me says hell no, because I've seen people who have literally no power. And I would from the eyes of society and economically, they're so disempowered, but their humility and I'm not talking about um, humility as far as power dynamics go, but their humbleness of spirit and like who they are gives them a certain sort of power in in life. I I, I mean, it's for some people, it's part of their identity and it, it um you even if you have little. You can still be a humble person, even if you're like seeking for social justice and calling out people who are in power. You can still be a humble person. I think that's why the definition's so muddy, maybe.
1: No, and I would offer that the very reason we have civil rights in the last century is because minority populations cast off humility and embrace pride, gay pride, black pride. Like, it's not. Like, humility, I think, is a is a tool of the colonizer to keep people down. I honestly do. No so we way. Can d- we can Pro- agree to disagree. Properly, properly
2: defined, humility is embracing other people's interests as much as or above your own.
1: But but if you've been oppressed, that's really dangerous. Yeah, it's but, Stockholm but if, syndrome. if you're being
2: oppressed, you look at the people around you who are oppressed and you put their... And, and, and even if you're not oppressed, if you're the nine, if let's say you're the 90 the percent in a society that has a certain minority that's being oppressed, humility is the key to unlock your apathy and your disengaged world and to actually enter social justice reform. I would say humility's a large driving force for some people to get into social justice that never would have in the first place. But
1: humility has a passive connotation to it for me. I mean, again, like this, we are, we're coming from very opposite positions where like humility has been frustrating for me and it's been liberating for you. So again, so you've been told, yeah, that's really, that's
2: actually fascinating,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: it, it, It has been liberating for me because to, to embrace the true definition of humility means calling the powers to recognize people's interests who are not, but for you, you said it made you feel insecure or, made you feel like you had to be insecure in the past.
1: I feel like, I feel like humility is normative for... I can just talk from my own position sure. you know, as a female. I feel like humility is normative for women. And if you try to step outside of humility and act like a confident agent, you're not only looked at strangely, but you're uh, actively uh, often punished. A, a lot of times by other women who feel threatened by you stepping outside that box. And so if I were to stand up and say, hey, I'm good at this. I'm good at this thing. Um, I I feel like there would be like significant weird social blowback for me Mm. to say that, you know? So it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. But I, but I, I have no problem saying, yes, I believe we should love our neighbors as ourselves. But for me, that starts with self love and, echoes outward instead of trying to uplift other people over ourselves because if we already have a really horrific concept of ourselves that we don't deserve good things in life how can you know like and i think that's or
2: the no thoughts of yourself kind of
1: thing yeah well that
0: i think that goes to what you were talking about a little bit earlier when you mentioned you know gay pride and brown pride and all that kind of stuff like i think part of the problem maybe is that we've juxtaposed humility too much to pride Mm. where pride has a negative connotation and humility has a somewhat positive one, depending upon the, the place you're in, but that they're exclusive of one another, which I don't think so. I think part of what we would say true humility is, is being able to have a healthy pride in certain areas about where you are yeah. and not, not ejecting that from humility altogether.
2: Yeah. Is surrendering your self-worth or your agency is not being humble. It's, it's not.
1: Yeah, but it gets and, mixed and think, up so easily. I know. And I think anyone
2: <laughs> who, who promotes that, is doing the very opposite thing of what being humble is. I mean, if humility really is recognizing other people's interests, to do that to yourself is creating a society and an atmosphere and a definition of humility that destroys people's interests and destroys people's personhood. So
1: that yeah, that should it's a tough one. But if the
0: if the word itself is so like slippery that way, then why, why and this kind it? of goes back to it. yeah, why use it?
2: <laughs> because the virtue itself is still important. Like I then said, the
0: Why do we call it?
1: Right sizing, or take a taking up the right kind of space, or equality, because it, it means equitability. Self
0: awareness, self awareness,
1: self awareness. Because you're allowing people to recognize they both their limitations and strengths at the same time, and they don't have to conflict. But it,
2: but I, it's also more than that. I think humility for me is th- because there's other connotations that get lost if you're going to talk about it as just like the right view of self. Humility is also. Um, Living, this is something I struggle with personally, so I, I guess I could say it. I struggle to be humble in the sense that I struggle to live simply. I really do believe Christianity has built into it a call to live simply and to, to use our resources to make a just world and to not spend on myself more than anybody should ever spend on themselves Like in, in my life. That call to simplicity is a call to humility, and uh, that gets lost when it's just about how
0: I view myself. So I don't know if you can necessarily link those two. Yeah, because
1: really? humble means really? lowly. It, yeah, it has yeah, a, yeah. a connotation of lowness. Okay. And so,
2: james one james one says, uh let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up. Th- this is actually kind of cool, because there is an exchange here. It's talking about the community as a whole. Let the believer who's lowly boast in being raised up, and let the rich in being brought low because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. And it goes on to talk about how the riches of the rich are passing and they're not something that you can put your faith in completely. And so there's this leveling effect of humility that raises the people who have no agency and brings down people who have more than their neighbor. Is
1: it leveling though, or is it just mm-hmm. inverting hierarchy and sustaining hierarchy?
2: That to me, bringing down the high and bringing up the low is like a leveling kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And, well, but you um, you talk about living simply live. as your, you know, you think that's something we should do, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, But there, I don't know, when we talk about this idea of humility, like, why is it automatically the higher being brought down as the humble thing to do as opposed to raising up the lower? Like, they're, they're both ends to that. Like, if I'm in a situation where I have I have means, it's not that I can't live unsimply but how do i raise the level of people around me you know what i'm saying i don't know what i'm how i'm fully trying to say embrace
2: uh embracing simplicity of life isn't necessarily raising people around you and you're saying why can't we all have like that raised sort of life instead of embracing simplicity yeah that's Mm -hmm. what i'm saying
0: i think the connotation that i have a hard time with is that humility is always associated with low
2: yeah i guess you could be a humble person with much um, it's just, and I'll quote Jesus: "Way freaking harder."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said that, really?
2: Yeah, he did. It's <laughs> it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Yeah, but rich is relative too. Absolutely, like,
0: all of these terms is, are relative, yeah. but they're still important.
2: I think that, that's, like,
1: that's why I think it maybe instead the conversation, like, that word itself, though, like, throws a wrench in the work still for me. Like, because why don't we has talk the about word it as love? Yeah. Why don't we talk about it as love? You know, like loving Be- loving someone as yourself.
2: Because there has to be a biting tone to it. Honestly, if Why? you talk Why? about self-love and right view and stuff, for the people who are benefiting from systems that oppress people, it's never going to. In James 1, the rich person will be like, well, I just have what I have. And no, I, I love I mean, those other people. I disagree. Not just so, self- because, because, and, though, it's needs, loving
1: your neighbor as hmm. yourself.
2: Well, in, Well, in Philippians, it talks about being like Christ who gave of himself to benefit other people. It's okay, self, but that's it's connected self-giving. to
1: s- sacrificial
0: language, mm-hmm. and you, I don't know, know that you can necessarily apply that logic of speaking of Christ to humility well, Paul, and well, our Paul day-to-day does. interactions. Well, Paul does. Or maybe you
1: can only speak about Christ in terms of humility because it's God, an ultimate or an infinite, it re- reducing God's self, right? Yeah, and, that's, and so and us humans, having
2: access to that and us being made in the likeness of God and us entering the kingdom is participating in that work, is participating in realizing all of this world is owned by God, like every last drop, and we will not take more than we are due. You know, we're, we're not going to, I, I think a, a profound lack of humility has allowed our country to create the biggest inequality that's ever existed. We don't take away the unearned income of the top 1%. There are people in our country who make money every year. They don't earn 90% of what they make. There's no human being that... Th- I just read an article. There's no person that works 1,000 times harder than a janitor.
1: And right? we also have we but also have paid 1, starving people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: And they get the paid time. 1,000 times more than a janitor. That's a profound mm-hmm. lack of humility right there that our society looks and says, well, that person just earned $23 million last year and that's it. No, they didn't. They didn't earn $23 million. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, yeah, that's but when like, you say that's a lack of humility, mm-hmm. like I, I think we all agree that that's egregious. And I don't think there's any disagreement in that area. But when we put the word humility to it, you say it has to be biting for someone yes. to, uh, to realize. Society. But if it's mm-hmm. biting, then there's the other side of that coin where it can also make someone feel like they're not living up. And even if they don't have much, they need to have less. And it, yeah. it becomes that power struggle. So a biting word might use be used for one side of the coin, but the other side of the coin, that's So so So
2: I I think it's I I think it needs to be a virtue, though, but only
1: for powerful people is what a virtue for a
2: society for individuals, people who are especially Christians who are trying to follow Mm -hmm. Jesus. I think it's an important personal ethic. But I think if you look at it from like the social perspective, it has to be a societal virtue or you will create a society that does believe some people are owed more by the universe than others. So you so know?
1: you think that humility is kind of an antidote to entitlement and individualism that Absolutely. runs rampant. Mm. That's interesting. I mean we but but here's the rub for me is that like movements like Occupy Wall Street have tried to publicly demand and outcry abuses of pride mm. and and um a lack of humility. And it seems like there's no there's Even if we try to make it socially normative for humility to be expected and ethics to be expected, it still seems like um, it will never be that way. By the way, I, yeah. I said this off air, but I want to recommend to our listeners, if you have not seen the movie The Big Short, go see it immediately. Immediately. It's amazing. I'd love to talk more Vicky, to anyone Vicky's who wants to talk about this. She's
2: wanting, wanting to be see it for so long because there's all it's those so awesome good. actors in there.
1: It's so good, but it, it's very pertinent to this conversation. Um, mm. Just how how greed and power corrupts so easily. But but I, I guess I'm wondering: is humility enough of an antidote? Like just telling people to be more virtuous. Well, f- first I feel of feel all, like in telling people to
2: be virtuous is not enough. It doesn't to make work. virtue. Yeah, that's it doesn't true. work. You mm. can, you have
1: there has to be some kind of enforcement, and you can't enforce virtue, um, yeah. because it's a virtue, right? It's not. But it can't be really legislated. So
2: as like a spirituality, as a, as like a spirituality or uh, an internal like moral ethic, it is something that needs to be a goal for like a spiritual community, for a church or for even even our own hearts. It needs to be an ideal that we move toward or else we settle for whatever else we see in society, which ends up being, like you said, in that movie or what we look at in, uh, in our economy oh it's just the way that it is no it's not like I I, I do believe if you look at things from the perspective of God from the whole and you look at the life of Jesus it calls all those things into question and it creates a community that is uh, humility is a big part of it but I I want to say all of that but say that I do hear both of you that there is so much negative connotation to it that it's that it can be very I wonder
0: if it's less of a virtue and more of a byproduct of other virtues
2: okay yeah maybe
1: yeah I think if you're living a generous life and you're seeking to uplift those around you and not holding your wealth Mm. too tightly or your power too tightly, or your interests or your interests too tightly, you're going to, you're going to take up the right amount of space in the world. Right. Hmm. So, but I don't, I don't know. So, so this is what the personal um, story is going to tell earlier. I have a really hard time personally with, with uh, humility. Cause like, so there's humility. That's like a frame of mind and heart, right. That will like, that will like guide your positioning toward your interactions in those in the world. Hmm. And then there's a humility that like has to do with like the action, the actual actions of like giving to somebody or something like that or downsizing your life to be more equitable. Right. So, so I guess I'm saying I'm talking more about like the, the spiritualized non-material side of humility, like the attitude and what I was talking about earlier that I feel like I've been, yeah, that well, the way that I've been conditioned to see myself. So, um, this has actually caused a lot of problems for me because, so I'm a performer, I'm a singer, and I've trained for many years to get, it's even hard for me to say to get good at it, but I'm good at it. And I feel um, this really strange, I have a really strange um, relationship with performing because I feel like every time I perform, I'm like, Ooh, look at me, everybody. How, do-? and so, and I think a lot of that's just growing up in church and only performing in church for so many years that it, it just feels fundamentally wrong to just perform for my own sake and to entertain that I always like, cause I was so conditioned to like, you know, we worship Jesus when we perform. It's not about us. It's mm-hmm. about God. And, and so I feel this really strange this really strange fear and panic when I perform that like I'm being prideful when I, I know that people enjoy it. And, um, this is further complicated by the fact that I get sometimes thrown shade by people around me for being good at this. Like I, I feel like Mm. I have been resented by some people in the past and that's, you know, people have their own stuff to deal with, but like, I, I don't know. And I think about, all these rappers who are like, I'm the best, I'm the greatest or whatever. And, you know, a lot of us roll our eyes at some of the things that they say, but also they can't. So so there's some, there's a degree to which you can't really be an artist unless you have a big sense of self and a big ego. Absolutely. Um, So to a
2: lesser degree, that's how writing has been for me uh, to, to, to engage and write something and create something is to say, I have worth or my perspective has, has worth or what I'm doing has some sort of worth. and, that that's unfortunate you said you felt you were conditioned to see yourself a certain way yeah to to have self-abnegation that's again i don't think that's humility when i look at like the new testament the things i've been talking about it's an idea of self-giving not self like you recognizing your worth is a part of being a healthy human being is a part of being a healthy christian like I would say so much of of what Jesus did was lifting people and giving them agents. That's like, and and you standing up and be like, I'm a performer. I'm going to do what I'm good at. Like recognizing your talents is the right view of yourself, right? But giving, giving, and uh, engaging other people in a humble way is. I, I, I think it's a process too. Especially maybe if you're that coming could be performance
1: that. if you see it as giving. A yes, yeah, but see why yes. why do you have but to say I in that,
2: a? I, well, I just want to say one last thing. I know I'm taking up a lot of the conversation, but I, I do think it's a trajectory. You if should be more humble, coming, Alan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard
2: that before. You, you know what? Maybe I should share my things too, but I probably shouldn't because it's going to get ugly. You, coming out of a background where you are conditioned to see yourself in a negative light or at least being told you shouldn't be so full of yourself as to think you have anything to offer or something or you, you shouldn't... It, performance shouldn't be about you. If that's your background, it's a trajectory to come out of it. Of course, you're going to have moments of insecurity and you feel like you're just being self-promotional but i really do think as we mature or at least as i am maturing spiritually it becomes less and less of an issue and the less of an issue it is for you the less of an issue it becomes for other people it just becomes what you do i think that's like
0: part of becoming an artist well um i don't know in passing you said you know you got to be able to express yourself in a humble way but that like that phrase alone bothers me like why can't you learn to express yourself in your way like why what is the difference did, between those two things i don't know
2: did i say a humble
1: way i don't yeah, yeah. i think yeah. you said that but and so, i'm not
0: i'm not attacking you i'm hmm. just talking about like the rhetoric attached to this like oh that person is so humble like we we use that term to describe these outward things but like what the hell's wrong with self promotion if you're freaking good at what you do then do if it you're do it well
2: Infringes on other people. I've seen people, I lived in LA for four years, and I can't tell you how many relationships were destroyed when someone became so utterly self promotional. That was all like that was in ministry. Yeah, but do you wonder if that's like personal friendships and stuff? And I agree that there is such a need to promote yourself in certain industries, and that's fine. But I think once it begins to harm other people and their interests, that's when it would become.
0: But I wonder if that is a reaction to them growing up, their whole lives being told that they're worthless, and then they finally figure out something that they're good at, and they get praised for, it, and they overindulge a little bit while they're trying to find balance. Yeah,
2: again, it's it's a it's a process.
1: And there are those people, yeah. right, who are so it's out of maturity. touch that you're like, how in the world did you get this out of touch? <laughs> like,
2: you because know American, our society you no, know, I sound so conservative. I'm sorry, I sound so conservative because our society doesn't have traditional values and moral anymore. But- <laughs> Nobody likes humility. Maybe that's what I'm starting to sound like. But I do think it well how about instead of
1: humility heartache. we say truthfulness like okay like you've seen those american idol video reels with the people who go on there like i'm a really good singer and they cannot hold a tune and everyone their whole life is like encouraged them and then they make an ass out of themselves on public television you know wow. like they're you I, know I'm, what
2: I, ju- I, I just realized you, what you, you just said um like truth telling i think being,
1: truth
2: i think being humble Okay, this is the difference but if you're just talking about artists, the difference for me is there is a certain type of artist that owns who they are completely and the way they are in the world empowers other people. And there are certain artists who own who they are and all they do is degrade and demoralize other people and prey upon them. And I think you as a person, like like Jeff said, if humility is a kind of who well, who you are as opposed to what you do, owning who you are should raised to use jeff's <laughs> language again raise the people up around you maybe that's right maybe that's the right
0: way to look at it
1: and here's Who's the been, well here's look the at weird. that american
0: idol situation is yeah. that you're talking about like someone who on one level they have so much pride in themselves even though they're way off but the real lack of humility is an america I, american idol yes. exploiting those people yeah. and putting them in a position to 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 jump
1: on to that, not you know what I mean?
2: judge their voices that's that's one side. but to go beyond that and he,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Here's where it gets really complicated for me because, okay, so if I walk out on a stage or if I walk into a room of people and like, Hey, um, does anyone want to hear a song? And I kind of like stand in the corner and like sing quietly. It's like perceived as socially awkward and weird. It could look like I'm fishing for compliments or that I'm completely insecure and unsure of myself. And people will react strangely to that. Whereas, I mean, it, Whereas uh, if on the far other side, I walk into a room and interrupt everyone's conversations like, I'm going to sing a song now and you cannot help but not <laughs> listen to me. You know, um, yeah. that's also off-putting. But um, it's actually kind of strange. I've noticed that people are actually quite they become very comfortable with you and much more willing to engage and relax and enjoy the performance when you can offer the right amount of confidence, yep. mm-hmm. the right amount of confidence. Yeah. And people expect that. Yes. And if you don't present the right amount of confidence, you know what? people this, get very weirded out about it. That needs so, to be
2: skewered and pinned to the wall for this conversation. Humility is not a lack of confidence. That needs to be said over and over again.
1: It's from, the right amount monisms. of confidence. It's
2: not... <laughs> a lack of confidence.
0: It's a it's a well informed confidence.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's a truthful
1: <laughs> confidence. But, you know, it's but not it's is, not Trump
0: or Kanye West. It's like, yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I'm thinking, you guys, about this. Yes, as like a gauge um maybe if you are rewarded socially for being humble and exhibiting Mm. humility you should look at that and if you're rewarded socially for not being humble you should also look at that right Mm. like maybe we should look at what is actually being reinforced in us and what we're being conditioned to be
2: yeah you have to especially with any internal ethic you have to look at how you got there and who's benefiting from it for sure yeah wow there's there's such a nebulous subject I mean, it is even my definition, I was like writing down some of the things I've been saying. They're all over the map.
1: Down with humility. (laughs) Up with
2: humility. Up with correct humility. Embrace it. It will change your life.
0: (laughs) It will change your
2: world.
1: We need a better word. I'm going to think about it.
0: We do need a better word.
1: We need a better word.
2: Man, again, I'm sounding very, very uh, traditionalist.
0: We need better people. Don't change we need a, words. we need a healthy self self awareness I think a
2: that's healthy self awareness plus self givingness plus living simply we plus. need truth
1: <laughs> we need truthfulness is what I'm uh, going to say
0: plus recognizing our limitations yeah. but that's that's all encompassed in self aware like Not you're aware of, of your humility various contexts and how to respond <laughs> but that means your point of reference is yourself
1: though you Jeff, can don't be don't you very, very, but what's wrong well, with
2: that? first of all you I was about to say you can be very self aware and be a narcissist did you know that have you guys heard about the narcissist test you have to do the only narcissist test that actually proves someone's a narcissist. It's one question long. Let's take
1: it right now. Okay, yeah, tell one us. one question long. I want to know:
2: Are you a narcissist?
1: Uh, <laughs> and if you say no, then you are one.
2: No, if you say no, you're not. They say that. Well, okay, there are some. Uh, there are, are some unaware. There are some unaware narcissists. Mm-hmm. So if you say no, there's a poss- possibility that you still are. But they say narcissists, all by and large, will admit that they are. It's crazy. Yeah, but
0: they also will admit that they're, that that's because they're the exception and that all the narcissism is actually true. Yeah. But for everyone else it's false. Yeah. But that's not self awareness. Like like I think I think absolutely I think true humility absolutely starts with yourself. If you aren't starting there, then you know, we talk all the time, like Mona mentioned it before, love your neighbor as yourself. Like that qualification of the link between how you view and take care of yourself and how you view others is always there. And you're gonna treat others based on how you treat yourself internally. Maybe not on a consistent basis, but eventually it could bubble up or whatever. Yes. Like those two things are so intimately linked that to say that you shouldn't look inward to yourself first, I think first of all, is impossible. That. I don't think but anyone's don't, making no, that. No, uh, but don't claim. we
1: have like such a self obsessed, selfie culture that everyone's looking at themselves too much and that's not helpful? Sort of. I, I saw I, but that,
0: no, that's literally looking at yourself. I'm not like I'm saying like <laughs> we, introspection. And that I think that's a problem. I think that maybe the selfie culture is a result of too much what we would call humility and using that word in such ways that put no. people in a place where yes. <laughs>
1: It could be a corrective yes. against humility.
0: I saw this I, really I think...
1: cool mural in Miami recently. It was Narcissus, right? The legend of Narcissus who stares at mm-hmm. himself in the pond. pond. Yep. But instead of his accurate reflection, it was like this gobbledygook monster reflecting oh, back no. in the water, but he was still obsessed with it. I thought that was fascinating. I'll have to, We'll have to post a picture of it.
0: That's cool. And, and part of that problem, too, is that the voices that we have, like there's always going to be someone that tells us that we're wrong or that we're doing this, but you know there's a difference between our trusted confidant a confidant and you know a comment on a youtube video and yeah. we if we're taking in those voices as equal then that has to be something we change with ourselves we can't change it with anyone else so i absolutely think and, and we talk about the selfie generation. I mean, it's a generation. And I would say more than anything, we should look at how we've treated that generation. And it makes perfectly sense on why they're so quote unquote obsessed. And we talked about this in our adolescence thing. But that's just a reaction to try to get, I think, a generation to get their voice out there when the rest of the other generations are telling them that they're selfish and they're this or whatever. Like
1: It could be a sign I, of disenfranchisement. Actually. Exactly. Interesting. Yes. That's very interesting.
0: I
2: I, I do want to say, though, that all of that I, I'm up to speed with, with you guys, but a moral compass can only point the right direction and can't ever make you go there. I really think like introspection and uh, right view of self is the key fundamental element of, of humility, but you don't get to humility or to the virtue, the spiritual virtue that was taught by Jesus by just knowing yourself. Know thyself is the first battle. Giving thyself is the second. Actually creating a world that is better because of your presence in it and because you're lifting up other people and you're concerned for their interests only happens when you embrace an internal ethic of humility.
1: So you think
0: self-awareness and humility is the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Yeah,
2: basically.
1: Giving yourself – and I'm going to talk a lot more about this when we do our atonement episode soon. But giving yourself – the, you when said you,
2: it, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> giving of
1: yourself, I know we've been fighting about that for a long time. But g- when you say giving yourself is the second component, you have to remember that millions and maybe billions of people on this earth have been dismembered in many different ways. They have yes. been forced to give themselves, and yeah. so just I, I think we have, frame, yeah. we have to remember to frame. We have to remember to frame. What is being asked of people and how much suffering there has existed because of those teachings, you know?
2: Yeah. Only once you actually own yourself, can you give, or once once you're finally confident in who you are or whatever, or you have agency, can you embrace humility? Otherwise it's being, if it's being forced on you, that's not true. You know, that's not true. Humility. That's oppression.
0: All right. Well, I think we're dangerously close to running into a logical loop over and over again. Some <laughs> no, of our we've, conversation we've loop. So loop, this loop. is good stuff. I, I love it. I agree. So let's 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 kind of close out with some uh, takeaways. Alan, why don't you I'll start? I
2: like what Mona said. Humility is not. She was pointing
0: to humility is not a lack of confidence.
2: I really like that. That's a really helpful corrective. And I, I think that we have to remember that coming out of poor definitions of humility. Is like coming to the promised land, right? That's like the, that's the spiritual journey that we need to do is move out of these unhealthy ways of viewing it so that we can embrace true humility, which is correct thoughts of ourselves, uh, correct thoughts of others, but also considering their interests as equal as ours or over and above giving of ourself and serving their interests are important once we have a good view of ourself. So that's the way of Jesus living simply, and I think that that's what we need to embrace to protect individuals in our society and to protect our society as a whole. And it's just good moral hygiene. Look at me. That's uh, disgusting. Uh, oh, my
1: gosh.
2: I'm going to look at this in like 10 years and be like, wow. <laughs> that was that kid was intense. He was dealing with some tough stuff.
1: We all are, but man. We, we all are. are. Okay, so um, Jeff, do you want to go next? No, go ahead. So for me, as I've mentioned, humility has been really problematic and coming from someone who's so insecure, you might never believe this, but when I was a high schooler, I would get so afraid of social interactions that like if I was in a group of people and I would start talking and everyone would, you know, you know how in the, in the room, like someone starts talking and everyone kind of gets quiet to hear what they have to say. If that happened and I all of a sudden had a bunch of pairs of eyes looking at me, I would start stuttering. Like I I would develop a socially paranoid stutter. I'm Fortunately, not that girl anymore. I never would and have I, guessed
2: that because I was, I never saw you in those situations. I was Weird.
1: for a long time but through college. I was very, very insecure and very afraid all the time and lacked a lot of confidence. So for me, humility, you know, sc- screw it. I don't need it. <laughs> but, but, but when I grasp this concept, the concept of space, that you have a right to take up an equal amount of space as other people in the room Mm. or in the world. And that space will ebb and flow. Sometimes it's appropriate to take up a little bit more space and stand your ground or exert yourself or perform or say you're good at something and be seen. Sometimes that's right. But other times that space will flux and it's right for you to take up less space and make up more space, like make more room for other people and go out of your way to make more room for other people. So for me, it's not about sacrifice or giving it's about finding the golden the golden space ratio of like what I'm supposed to occupy in that moment and being aware that that'll change day to day situation to situation, but that it's okay for me to take up space because a lot of us are raised to believe that we should be invisible and we should be small all the time. And that's our norm. So for me, it's really healing to think about like, yeah, I have a freaking right to take up some space here. That's, that's my birthright as a human being in the world.
0: I love that. That's good.
1: (laughs) Thanks. That's
2: awesome.
0: And I would say that, in the end, we need a new word because uh <laughs> the word that we have for humility is more associated with insecurity and codependence than anything else, and it's time for us to reform something uh greater and bigger and
1: bigger and better I don't like
0: h words anyway, so
1: <laughs> you don't like h words
0: <laughs> i just I just wanted to say that I don't know why <laughs> huh.
1: that's really anyway. Awesome. Interesting Uh, So
0: let us know what you think If you have anything to add to this conversation You can comment on the show notes at Irenicast.com slash 55 That's Irenicast.com slash 55 And anytime you want to communicate with the show Unrelated to the specific topic You can do that at Irenicast.com slash feedback We always welcome your questions, comments, and concerns for the show So on the other side of the music We are going to be bringing in a new segment called Title Me This title me this this is kind of the reverse version of our segment called judge a book by its cover where instead of giving a title and then the other person has to guess the synopsis we are going to come with a synopsis for in this case christian romance novels oh God, and I'm from so from the description the other host will have to guess the title can
1: i tack on a rule to this game though
0: <laughs> yes
1: you have to read the description like you are trying to get people to read the book so you have to oh, read it earnestly very
2: nice
0: earnestly <laughs> Earn, well i was thinking we should have someone that can do a parody of that guy that does all the trailers in the 90s
1: well like, i can't my voice won't do that but i will no you have to read it
2: earnestly <laughs> you have to actually believe what you're saying when you're saying it just suspend okay. your disbelief all for right a suspend our disbelief first of all we started <laughs> we started researching for this and i think it was bona or jeff Said that this is probably bad for their soul. Jeff said
1: that, that, and I was said mean. this <laughs> is so misogynistic. Or, or, and I, I, I seriously, I, and I
0: also said that every one of these synopses I feel like could be on the back, are, are all ready for production for like Kirk Cameron's uh, movie career. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. And then Alan and I both admitted that we had both read Christian romance novels in our younger okay, days. Okay.
0: We do have to own
2: that, don't we? I Go have to. I'm yours. owning it. Oh, man. When I was maybe a sophomore in high school, I read some D. Henderson novels. And I, the one I just looked up to, to tell them to what I had read is called The Rescuer. And I'm pretty sure it's about an EMT or a fireman who like literally rescues a burn victim by coming into her life and making everything right.
0: Wow. Oh boy. Well, in all, right. all humility, I take pride in the fact that I never read one of these awful, awful <laughs> novels. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, let's do this.
0: Okay, who's going to go first? You go- guys, these people are just taking up their space. How dare you criticize
2: them?
1: No, we up. can still call out Bullpucky when we see it. Come on. Bullpucky, Again, I'm not criticizing them,
0: say. but I'm criticizing their work heavily. Very nice. We're, we are not saying these are bad people. It's
1: not their fault this. they think this is That's good right. taste.
0: <laughs> it's their false humility. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, here we devolving. go. this is Okay, can I, I go first? I want to go first. Okay, go wanna... ahead,
2: Alan. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> this 15,000-word novelette contains powerful Christian influences, love, family and other related things meant to make you smile blank is a wonderful christian western romance story about love it takes place in the mid-1800s on a large ranch in colorado owned by a bitter man roger lost his wife and children unexpectedly several years before and can't seem to get over his depression he blames god for his loss and has developed an impenetrable wall around his heart he owns and maintains a ranch by himself and feels that it is time to move on and find someone to grow old with. He places an advertisement seeking a good Christian bride. Lucy, beautiful and loving, feels led by God to respond to the Cowboys ad in hopes of bringing joy and love to this troubled man's heart.
1: I have a feeling that you found a similar book to what I found.
2: <laughs> Actually, everything I read is exactly. <laughs> Is this uh, part
1: of the mail order bride series? Oh
2: no, we found the same thing because I dug deep.
1: I That's found a crazy. different. I found a different part it of the is
2: series. Mail order bride. Yeah. Wait,
0: this is a series.
1: Yes.
2: I guess, mail order bride. It's a series. Yeah. Now tell okay, me. But now tell your, me the last half of the. Yeah. Title. Yeah.
1: Okay. The second half of the title. Desperate for guess. affection. <laughs> Finding the love of Christ through the mail.
0: Sleepless in Susan. <laughs> No, it Aging is Aging
1: Gracefully. Oh
0: no. Ooh, that's pretty good. Thanks. Ranch Hand.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is how it's gonna be the whole time. This is fantastic. I didn't into this. this is oh, fantastic. No. no, it is actually okay. fixing her cowboy's broken heart.
1: Oh. Mm. Mm.
2: Fixing her cowboy's broken heart. That's so not it's little... even
1: like catchy. <laughs> fixing, yeah. No, it's not.
0: It's very descriptive. Like
1: <laughs> okay. I like it. That's all right. Are you Can I do the Mail Order Bride part two? Because this is another one of the series. Okay, but you have to guess the second half of the title. Okay. Okay. Ready? Left destitute and alone with her mother and her father after her father abandoned them. Erin is shocked when she learns that her mother has arranged for her to be a mail order bride to Mr. Rich McNettle, but they are out of money and their marriage is their last chance for a stable life. So Aaron agrees to travel West to wed this man she's never met. But when a stagecoach accident and a brave man step into her destiny, she believes that God has other plans for her. Half white man and half pipe. I'm having a hard time reading this earnestly. Paiute, John Green is, being, is used to being shunned as an outcast. So when he meets lovely Aaron on the coach headed west, he is shocked that she doesn't turn away from him. And after he saves her from a terrible accident, he is even more shocked to learn that he is beginning to love her. But Aaron is engaged to be married to a man in town, the same man that hates John with all his heart.
0: <laughs> My goodness. I got the perfect title for this. Okay. Colonial fever. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the riches of Christ or something. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm
1: just
2: gonna go with the man. That's interesting.
1: I have to say, this that, title is the so worst awkward. character
0: names ever. <laughs> by the way, Mr. like you Rich might as well McMittal. call the guy Richie Rich.
1: And oh, Aaron Sadler is the main character in a, in a western novel. Okay, sadly. Listen. So let,
2: let's say, let's call it uh the true i don't know something with a tr- that's the best love triangle i've ever heard
1: it's good they hate each other this is con- he's rich this is another guys like a quality half conflict mm-hmm. half- <laughs> 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 i'm really sorry to our listening. colonialism
2: down or something okay. no like, okay freaking- you're not
1: this this title is so awkward that you're not gonna guess it the surprise bride saved by the heartbroken indian no
2: freaking way. Yeah. That's really freaking awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my that's God. That's
0: a paragraph. That's not a title. All right. Here's, here's mine An unthinkable danger, <laughs> an unexpected choice. Annabelle, once the daughter of a wealthy merchant, is trapped in indentured servanthood to Lord Randolph, Ooh. a recluse Ooh. who's rumored to be both terrifying and beastly. Her circumstances are made even worse by the proximity of Lord Randolph's bailiff, a revolting man who has unwelcome advances on Annabelle in the past. Ooh. Believing that the life in a nunnery is the best way to escape the escalation of the bailiff's vile behavior Ooh. and to preserve the faith that sustains her, Annabelle is surprised to discover a sense of security and joy in her encounters with Lord Randolph. As Annabelle struggles to confront her feelings, she's involved in a situation that could place Randolph in grave danger. Randolph's future. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Randolph's future and possibly his heart may rest in her hands, and Annabelle must decide whether to follow the plans she has cherished or the calling God has placed in her heart.
1: Oh my! I'm, God. I'm gonna
2: say Fifty Shades of Grace. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> it's he's a rich dude, right? That this poor little indentured servant's gonna oh save his God. lives by being his servant. Wonderful,
1: Lord for the Lord. <laughs>
2: Lord <laughs> <laughs> Uh None too soon. Get it? Yeah, yeah, we get she's, it. She's gonna be a
0: nun. I feel like oh, they nice. put as I much like <laughs> effort into the titles of these as they did like the grandiose scenarios, that they'd be much better off. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god. But
0: it, here's the title. Are you ready?
1: What's the title? <laughs> What's the
0: the title is The Merchant's Daughter. Oh, oh. that's it.
2: See, this is like, you're right. It's building a really big uh, patio for a small house. That's sad. All right, I have another one. Okay. Are we going to continue doing yes, this?
1: Yes, please. Or is this
2: is too much. <laughs> yeah, one
0: more each. One more
1: each.
2: Okay, Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Maurer's parents got a divorce when she was eight, and she hasn't seen or spoken to her dad for 17 years. When she inherits her grandparents' cabin in the mountains of North Carolina, Ooh. she is shocked and curious. She persuades Paige, her mother, that they should go and stay in the cabin for a few days before they list it for sale. Jason is a carpenter by trade, but he's willing to help a friend by exterminating Mara's house. She persuades to get him to give the ladybugs a reprieve, and by time they part, each is trying to think of a good excuse to contact the other. Ooh. Paige realizes that Mara and Jason are falling in love and does her best to discourage the relationship. When Maura insists on remaining in North Carolina, Paige flies back to Missouri without her. No one predicted that Maura's father would show up. Huh. The story he tells doesn't match facts with the story Paige has told, and Maura is convinced that neither of her parents deserve her forgiveness. And I'm going to stop reading there. Because I think it's the whole plot.
1: Oh, my goodness. In this description. Wait, wh- who has a ladybug infestation? And how are carpenters exterminating bugs?
2: This is the last line. According to Jason, that's the carpenter, that's why it's called Grace.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Mm. Awesome.
1: Killing I'm God's very pages. confused. Yeah, i I've, so I've So basically, so
2: she goes to the cabin, meets the carpenter, gets really pissed at her parents because they're in love, her and the carpenter and then the carpenter teaches her to forgive her parents because it's all about grace. Oh
1: my God. There's always somebody rescuing somebody else in these stories. Yep. Every single time.
2: I like you. I like it when a man can teach a woman how to,
1: Oh my God. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you so
2: hard. Uh, you know, my wife is the piece of coal and I'm the chisel and if I could just chisel away her till she's a beautiful diamond.
1: That's like, not how diamonds her. are made. You're not <laughs> even using good metaphors to be misogynistic Whatever. right now.
2: Chisel the coal away from the diamond that's inside. Okay. What Look the heck me. is this? I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's not how it works. Alright, name it. Um, C- Title me this.
1: Cabin of Grace. Cabin of... Ca- cabin in the woods of freedom in Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my goodness i'm gonna say parental unit
2: you're way too freaking good at this unit has so many connotations like oh she inherited this unit this cabin see or, that's what i'm saying like or, yeah dude, that's you have
0: hilarious. a man embracing a woman on the cover and you say parental unit people are gonna open that up they want to know what's going on
1: I, i'm kind of lost right now
2: there's like three or four definitions of that jeff that's hilarious dude that's layered
1: inheriting god's love okay no no okay tell us what is it
2: it is rescuing ladybugs a christian romance
0: (laughs) oh my goodness
2: (laughs) that came out of nowhere
0: (laughs) that is actually a little bit more clever of a title than the other ones
2: (laughs) jeff look at jeff he's actually like (laughs)
1: like, i like this one it's it's better i'm saying
0: it's better than the other titles
1: but don't they kill the ladybugs
0: uh she
2: no she persuades him to give them some respite remember?
1: Some respite. Re,
2: wait no, reprieve. So a just reprise.
1: stop killing them for a while?
0: It's a ladybug metaphor for yeah. her heart, right?
2: I didn't know that ladybugs I think you were the one that was bringing it up, Mona. I don't know ladybugs can be an infestation infest. in someone's
0: house.
1: I'm not sure that, that has ever happened but you know maybe you someone will write into us and, and be gone. like my house is hey, infested. When you have my a good metaphor you're
0: going to force it in there or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ew, She's Jeff. a
2: ladybug, and the carpenter is gonna save her when he thought he was going to be
1: taking oh care of the ladybugs. God. Took care I... of her, the lady's
2: heart
0: with his parental unit. <laughs> 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 oh my god, this is too much.
1: Give it up, guys the the jig the jig is up.
2: Oh, okay, that's enough.
0: <laughs> All right who <laughs> <who's next? laughs> who is this? Is it me? I'm is this next. the last one? I'm next. Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay. Lindsay Hamilton has watched as people around her have fallen in love and gotten married. She knows she needs a change in her life, but she also knows it doesn't involve romance or love, let alone marriage. When their church announces a two-week missions trip to the Philippines, Lindsay feels that this may be the change she needs. Plus, it will give her the opportunity to see the world beyond the one she lived in her whole life. The only problem is her mother Having almost lost one child, Lindsay's mother is distraught at the thought of her only daughter trekking halfway around the world by herself. In order to give her mother peace of mind, Lindsay agrees to allow a bodyguard to accompany her. Than Miller is the consummate ladies' man. (laughs) (laughs) He loves to spend time with them and make them feel good about themselves. Unfortunately, that very approach to life has made the one woman he's most interested in hold him at arm's length. When her older brother comes to his security company to hire a bodyguard for a trip she's taking, Dan quickly agrees. Surely he'll have the opportunity to convince Lindsay to change her opinion of him during their trip together. Usually, Dan has no trouble keeping his emotions detached from his job. But this time around, he's finding it more and more difficult. And it's not just because he's responsible for Lindsay. In the midst of the disaster, he comes face to face with a faith he's never experienced before. Will he give his heart to God, even as he waits for Lindsay to give hers to him? <laughs> that's, that's the summary. Oh
0: my goodness. All right, I got a title for this one. Okay, you- the codependent missionary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, you guys! The cover is so good too. It's like this this like suave guy in a purple shirt and a tie, staring like eerily into the camera. I'm
2: going to say creepy chaperone.
1: Okay, That's mine. it's called guarding her heart. Yeah,
2: oh <laughs> my Stop goodness! That.
1: That was easy one. <laughs> I knew. Dang it. <laughs> It's clever. I I'd be good at it's this clever. Game. He's a security guard. Be. He's guarding her heart.
2: I
0: like it.
1: But she's really the one who has to guard her own heart.
0: All right, you ready for the last one? Yeah. A story of love that won't let go, no matter what. California's gold country, eighteen fifty. <laughs> a time when men sold their souls for a bag of gold and women Ooh. sold their bodies for a place to sleep.
2: Ooh.
0: Oh. Ooh, you're right? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Angel expects nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Angel expects nothing from men but betrayal. Sold into prostitution as a child, she survives by keeping her hatred alive. You guys, I've read this book. No. And what, she-, I and what swear. she hates the most are the men who use her, leaving her empty and dead inside. But her unexpected softening. Oh god. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness.
2: But <laughs> oh no. <laughs> How did you find this book out of all of them?
0: All right, here we go. But her unexpected softening comes over comes with overwhelming feelings of unworthiness and fear. And so Angel runs back to the darkness, away from her husband's pursuing love, terrified of the truth she no longer can deny. Her final healing must come from the one who loves her even more than Michael. The one who will never let her go.
1: Okay, you I have, have to say, this? I have read this, and I have to say, this book actually is not terrible literature. It's actually kind of <laughs> written well. I have a lot of problems with it theologically, but like... You, wait, how how have you read this? What, what, are, the what are, are the
0: chances that
2: you've read
1: it? Because this is well, like one of the wait, best-selling Christian lot. romance novels of all time, uh, and it's written okay. by a really famous author in that so world. Don't,
2: so don't guess the... Um... I
1: found it on my parents' shelf, my parental unit shelf at one point, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? This looks interesting. Uh, and I read it. <laughs> So I won't say what the title is, but I do know what the title is. Go ahead, oh Alan. You wanna guess?
2: Okay. I'm trying not to come up with a, a title that's not too scandalous because of what Jeff just did.
0: No go scandalous. That's the best way. That's what makes this game fun.
1: Softening.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly <laughs> you just pull it out of my mind. That's what it
1: was. Oh my gosh.
2: I was gonna It's uh,
1: the story of Hagar, actually. I was
2: gonna say I was gonna say Gold Crush
0: gold crush it's actually it's yeah. a retelling of the story of gomer and hosea oh,
1: gomer and hosea that's what i meant yeah. To say. yeah
0: so and you know they cleverly named the husband michael hosea you know in case you couldn't uh, make the connection before in case
1: you didn't pick it up yeah i know
0: all right so is that is that your uh, answer alan <laughs> what gold, Mona said gold for you? crush not gold offering. crush no <laughs> gold <laughs> crush <laughs> it's it's redeeming love
2: redeeming love redeeming love
1: yeah very
0: nice Alright, well that will do it for us this week. If you enjoy what you hear and you want to support the show, you can go to irenacastcom support and there you'll see all the ways you can show your appreciation for the show, including rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. So for this week, I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I'm Alan. Thanks for joining the conversation. Alright, that was <laughs> that was an ancient that we'll see how that goes together. My reading list just expanded. Thanks for
2: we're done
1: <laughs> i'm still recording
2: I, know. I am too i'm gonna stop it right now okay. right, one two
1: three